Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. So glad you could join us. Why don't we go right to prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we have with you, Lord God, and we pray in the name of Jesus that you shall minister, Heavenly Father God, directly to every single listener that would be here with us in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, speak to their hearts, O Lord God, because only you know the desires, you know the issues of life for every single listener that would be here today. So I pray that you minister to them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. I'm happy to be alive in the, in the land of the Lord, the day of the Lord. We thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for giving us another wonderful day of life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, just bless these people and touch them in your own special way. In the name of Jesus. Everyone wants to be as worry-free and trouble-free in this life as, as possible. And, um, and, and for starters, we need to make sure we're getting God's Word deeply rooted within our spirits, not in our heads, but deeply within in our spirits, okay? And we have to also realize that God has given us many, many tools for being victorious in this life, you know, and prayer is one of them. And we're going to look at some of the other tools that God has given us, you know. And we need to make sure that we understand that we have a special relationship with God, okay? God has given us the, the, the privilege of being able to communicate directly with Him uh, uh, through prayer, amen? amen. We, we are unique. Uh, animals can't pray. Animals have no awareness of God. Amen. They do not have a spirit. Amen. They they have emotions and things. A dog, you, if you have a dog or a cat, you know that you can tell when they're feeling sad or if they're riled up or whatever the case may be. They have emotions, but they have no cognizance, no, no awareness of God. God gave us that privilege. We were created in his image. So we should take advantage of the fact that we have the, the, the ability and the right to pray and communicate directly with Lord God Jehovah, the creator of the universe. Amen. Amen. So we have a very special uh, a place with him, with him and we should take advantage of it. In these challenging times, we need to understand that the, the devil is out there and he's uh, seeking to destroy us and to just make us miserable in every single way that he can. We know that the devil is an expert at planting thoughts. He's an expert at planting thoughts. Amen. So with that, why don't we go to uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, 10. 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 1. And while you're going there, uh, before you go there, if you don't have your Bible, why don't we just hit the, you hit the pause button there, go and grab your Bible and come on back and join us so you can read these scriptures and highlight and underline them for, for yourself. Amen. Okay, chapter 10, 2 Corinthians, verse number 1. Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent, I am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may, I may not be bold when I am present with you, uh, present with that confidence wherewith I think to be, I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Amen. For though we walk in, in the flesh, verse 3, for we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Okay, so while we are in fleshly bodies, um, our war is not with fleshly entities. Okay, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not earthly uh, or, 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 or fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, okay? Bringing into captivity every single thought, 
that is, is against Jesus Christ, okay? The church, we the church, we the church, we the church, we are in a spiritual warfare against spiritual enemies, okay, for spiritual purposes. Make no mistake about it. If you're a child of God, then you are, are a prime target for the devil, and he's out to get you and to make your life miserable and to just make you doubt everything that the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. So we need to make sure that we are aware of, of that fact. Okay, the weapons of our warfare are very, very powerful that God has given us. Okay, God has not left us here on this planet Earth. God said, I will give you my comforter, my Holy Spirit to guide us. He's given us the tools, his, his written word. Okay, and we have to have that faith and we have to know how to come against this spiritual enemy who is certainly out to get us. Our warfare is not of this world. Make no mistake about it, saying of God. Make no mistake. Our warfare is not of this world. Our warfare is divinely powerful for the destruction and the tearing down of strongholds and fortresses that would be, be built up against us, okay? All right? That is, if you have a stronghold, okay, you know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is a, a mighty fortress. It's, it's a tower, if you will, okay? It's something that, in many cases, a, a stronghold is a protection because the enemy can't get at you. But we're also talking about, about strongholds in another regard here now, too. That is, if you have a stronghold, which is a deeply embedded habit or worry pattern, okay? A deeply embedded habit or worry pattern pattern can become a stronghold, okay? You can pull it down and destroy it by using the powerful spiritual warfare that is ours through Christ Jesus, okay? If you have a bad habit that you're just having a so such a difficult time to break, that's a stronghold because it is there and you just can't tear that habit down. Or, or a worry pattern, you know, you start worrying about the same old thing day after day after day, even though the Word of God has told you otherwise, amen? So so that, that can be a stronghold if you, you're having a hard time and you're wrestling with it. Okay, so and the word of God says we destroy vain imaginations and thoughts and every lofty thing that raises up against the knowledge of God. Okay, those strongholds and those worry points that you have that are so difficult for you to break, that's against the word of God because God is saying that you should be worry free. Okay, God is saying you should be worry free. Worry -free. You know, to use, to use some language from the Bible here, you, you, know, you, know, you know, we are slaves to nothing. We are slaves to Jesus Christ. Okay, because we are yoked. We are bondsmen to Jesus Christ, the Word of God says. We're not to be to be in, in, in strongholds or, or any other relationship with anything of darkness that would tend to tear us down. Any single thought that comes into our mind that makes us feel uncomfortable, makes us worrisome, makes us feel afraid. Okay, that's counter to the Word of God, so we need to destroy, to destroy and pull those imaginations, imaginations of thoughts, pull those imaginations down. Okay, because that imagination, that thought is trying to, to, um, um, to exert itself or exalt itself above what the Word of God says about you. Amen. About, against about what the Word of God says about you. Okay, the Word of God says you've been set free. So it means there should be no thought going through your mind that would make you fearful to any actions or anything else that's going on in your life. Because that's counter to the Word of God. It's a thought, it's an imagination that the devil is planting into your head. Okay, planning into your, into your mind. Amen. So we need to cast those thoughts down. We take that thought captive, as the Word of God says, to the obedience of Christ. That is, we stop the thought. Okay? That is, we stop the thought. We stop the thought that we captured before we acted upon it. Okay? Before we acted upon it. 
Okay, that thought comes into your mind and the devil is trying to get you to do something contrary to the word of God. You stop that thought before you give in and act out whatever it is that the devil is trying to get you to do. Okay, all right, all right. if you've gone on and you've already done it, okay, then pulling down that thought is kind of too late because you've acted on the result of that thought that the devil has planted in your mind. Amen. Amen. So you've got to stop it. You've got to stop it before you entertain or you wind up getting into whatever it is that the devil is trying to get you to do. So you pull it down, you capture it before we act upon it and we present that captive thought to our commander in chief, Jesus Christ. Okay, you give that thought to Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, take this thought, take this thought. From me because I know it's counter to what you say about me. I know it's counter to what God the Father would want me to do or to have me to believe or how he wants me to think. So, Lord Jesus, I take this thought down, I capture it, and I give it to you. I give it to you. We ask him to crucify that thought. We give it to Jesus, and we say, Jesus, Lord Jesus, crucify that thought. And then by faith, we thank Jesus for doing so. And then we continue our walk of faith. Amen. Amen. So you pull that thought down. You say, in the name of Jesus, take this thought. You know, in the name of Jesus, take this spirit of fear because you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And I give it to you. Crucify this thought. Crucify this thought. And then we walk on in faith and carry out whatever it is that this, that the devil is trying to get you to be, in this case, fearful of, let's say. Okay. And after you've taken immediate control of that thought, the next thing is to take the whole situation into prayer. Okay, what is the situation? You know, first the immediate thing is take care of that thought, that fear that, that maybe the devil is raising up against you or whatever that thing is, that, that thought that he's planting in your mind that's counter to the word of God. Take it captivity, Lord Jesus, take it. And then you step back and look at the whole situation. Okay, take that whole situation and you take it to prayer. Lord, I'm going in to see my boss, etc., etc. This is what's happening at, at the job. This is what's happening in church. This is what's happening in my family. Oh, Lord God, after you dealt with the immediate thought that the devil tried to put in there by that fiery dart, okay, then you take the whole situation to prayer in God, in prayer to God, okay? This is what's going on in my life, Lord. Help me to deal with it. Give me the steps, step by step, okay? So then basically now what, what we're saying here though, now this all sounds good, you know, it's a great truth according to what the word of God says, but how does it actually work? How does it actually work? Amen. Okay. The fear or negative thought comes into mind, which is counter to the word of God, as I said. Okay. And I'm going to repeat these steps again now. You grab that thought, you grab that thought when it comes into mind and you pull it down, you pull it down by quoting what God says about that particular thought. Okay, again, use the fear, okay? God has not given me a spirit of fear. That thought pops into your mind. You've got to go in to see your boss and whatnot. You say, I, I'm not going to be afraid of that. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? So you, you're capturing that thought and you're stopping it. Now, all of this is playing out in our minds. All of it is playing out in our minds. Okay, at this point, there is nothing that is real about the situation. There's nothing. You, uh, uh, you're not in the boss's office yet, let's, let's say. Okay, you're not there yet. But that thought is going through your mind, okay? Okay, so all of this is playing out in our minds. This is why, and this is where we're going to get to today. This is why the helmet of salvation, this is why the helmet of salvation is so important, okay? Which is part of the armor of God, Okay? And this is where we're going today. Today's message is called, Put On Your Helmet. Amen? Put on your helmet. Put on your helmet. Amen? Now, let's go to Ephesians 6. And um, I'm sure you, many of you are familiar with these scriptures here. We're talking about the armor of God here. Armor of God. Okay? Ephesians 6. And we want to go to uh, verse number 10. 
Ephesians 6, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now it says stand. doesn't mean lay down. It doesn't mean to get weak, kneed, and flop down on, on your face. And, okay, it says to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is who we wrestle with. It's not flesh and blood. Okay? If your boss, let's say, is doing something dastardly and really is, you know, misbehaving and making you really feel feel, you know, you know, bad and worried and concerned and scared, okay, it's not him physically. You know, you know, you know, it's not it's not boss Mr. Jameson, let's just say, that you're wrestling with. It's the spirit that's driving him. It's that evil spirit. It's that those principalities in high wit and wickedness in high places. Because you're not wrestling with him. It's the spirit that is driving him. It's the spirit that is that that is authoring and prompting him to take the actions against you that's making it so difficult okay so it's not him we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against those powers of darkness against the rulers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places verse 13 says wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand again withstand not flop out not weak need withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand again to stand so here you see there's a big thing here a big push that we stand our ground that we stand when when the forces of darkness start coming against us that we don't wimp out amen stand therefore again 14 stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation underline and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always praying always all uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints Amen. And we'll pause right there. Okay. So we see here that it talks about in verse number 17, uh, uh, the helmet of salvation. Okay. The helmet of salvation. No. And it makes me think I have this little, uh, um, yeah. I have this little, uh, little armor statue. I don't know if you can see that well, that I, uh, someone gave me as a gift many years ago. And you see, it's the armor of God and so forth. And over here is written down those very scriptures that we, we uh, talked about. But I want to talk about the helmet of salvation today in particularly, okay? Because as you see, you've got over the armor here, the, the, the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith and so on. But the thing is, is that the helmet, the helmet was the very last piece. The helmet was the very last piece that the uh, soldier put on. Amen. Amen. After he put on everything else, he finally slipped that helmet on. It was the last piece of armor that he, that was to go on. It was the final act of readiness and preparation for combat. Okay. He didn't put the helmet on first. It'd be kind of difficult putting the helmet on. You're bending over and trying to, to, to put the things around your legs and your waist and everything like that. It went on last. Okay. It went before he was ready for battle. Okay. The helmet, the helmet was vital for survival, protecting the head which controls, obviously, the rest of the body. If the head was badly damaged, then, of course, the rest of the armor wouldn't <laughs> be of much use. Amen? So the head was, the, the, arm, I'm sorry, the helmet was protecting the most important part of the body, which is the head. Because without the head, obviously, the body is <laughs> totally useless. 
is not going to be able to do much at all. Okay, so the assurance of salvation is called the helmet of salvation. The assurance of salvation is our greatest defense against anything that the enemy throws at us. Okay, our salvation is the greatest thing against what the enemy what the enemy can uh, 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 try to throw against us. As we prepare for Satan's attacks, we must grab that helmet. We must grab that helmet. We must grab that helmet. Grab that helmet and buckle it on tightly. Amen. We need to put on that helmet of salvation and keep it on our heads and strap that helmet on tightly. Amen? Now, understand, salvation is not limited to the one-time act of the cross. Okay? Whenever you think of salvation, think about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ setting us free. Okay? And then our confession of him, okay, as being our personal Lord and Savior is what gives us our salvation. Okay? Okay? But, but it, it, it's more than, it's not limited to that one-time act of the cross. God's salvation given to us is an ongoing, eternal state of being that all of us ch children of God, God can benefit and enjoy in the present time, okay? So the salvation wasn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago and boom and that's done. That salvation benefits us on an ongoing process, on an ongoing process. That's why we put on that helmet of salvation to protect our heads because it's an ongoing process of protection, okay? It didn't end with Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. It's there for me. It's there for you today. That salvation is there for you to protect you. It's a daily protection and deliverance from Satan's dastardly schemes. It carries us and protects us day by day because every single day Satan is out there trying to throw these darts at us to just uh, just upset the apple cart and to make us feel miserable and to make us feel that we, we cannot win out on what's going on in life. To make us feel that we will not be able to, to stand against our boss. To make us feel that whatever that family issue is, that we're going to totally fail at it. Amen? Amen? These are the darts that he tries, tries to throw at us, okay? But it's because of salvation. It's because of the power of the cross that our, our enemy no longer, that our enemy no longer has any hold on us. Amen? It's because of that that the enemy has no longer a hold on us, okay? So let's go to Corinthians 1. I'm going to go to uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, sorry. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, verse 1. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, sorry. First book of Corinthians, chapter 1, and then we want to go simply to verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen? Powerful scripture. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Okay? All right. So in other words, the preaching of the cross to them that perish is, is foolishness. Okay? Those that perish are, are the unbelievers that don't know God. Okay? Because to perish in biblical terms means to be separated from God. Amen? Okay, okay. This, this is what spiritual death is when you're separated from God, okay? So to, to those kinds of people, okay, who the, the, the cross is meaningless, it's foolishness, okay? You can talk about Jesus' death and resurrection, talk about Resurrection Sunday, and it's a bunch of nonsense. Many times they'll actually come out and say that, oh, it was a bunch of fairy tales, you know, it's a bunch of myths that someone dreamed up uh, back in those days, and I don't know why those crazy Christians uh, still believe that nonsense, okay? So to them, it, 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 it's foolishness, okay? But to us, to us, and to us which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. So that salvation, the cross, is indeed, it's the very power of God. 
Amen. Amen. Okay. And, and, and you know something, you know, the, the devil, the devil knows that the devil knows that. Okay. But he also knows that most of God's children do not know that. Okay. The devil knows that the cross is, is powerful. Salvation is powerful. Okay. But, but many, many Christians don't know that. They don't believe that. They don't understand. It, okay. At least many times we do not act as if we know and, and believe it. By the way, we get worried and, and wind up falling and failing and getting so upset when we have a, a trial or tribulation in this life. Okay, remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Remember that you have salvation. Okay, remember the power of the cross. When Jesus died on that cross and when he was resurrected, he defeated enemy. He defeated the enemy. He defeated Satan. Okay, we are no longer under the dominion of darkness and sickness and death. Amen. We shall have life eternal. Okay, life eternal. Okay. So what's going on here on planet Earth right now is minuscule. It's nothing compared to the greater things that we all have to look forward to. Amen. And to what we will be experiencing. Okay. Now, now saying all that, of course, you read the Word of God and you're in prayer with with the Lord and you're letting Holy Spirit minister to you. You also know that know that it is God's will not to, not for only us to be victorious later on when we're in heaven, but to be victorious while we're here on this earth. That's why He gave us the suit of armor. This is why he gave us the written word of God. Amen? Amen? Because he wants us to be victorious. Okay? okay. The, the, the devil knows that power, but so many times we Christians, either we forget about it or we don't know it or we, we don't know how to use it. All right? We must learn to keep our helmets buckled so that his fiery darts do not land in our thoughts and set us on fire. Okay? This is the helmet of salvation. I know there are times in prayer, you know, when I'm, I'm consulting with God and, and, and something is coming against me, the enemy is coming against me. Many times in my prayer, I will say that I'm putting on the helmet of salvation and in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, none of your fiery darts are going to, darts are going to penetrate this helmet and get into my thoughts in the name of Jesus because I have the helmet of salvation. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I am saved by the blood of the Lamb. So you have no authority over me. You have no authority. You have no authority. Get away from me, foul demon of darkness, because greater is he that is in me, the spirit of the living God, than you, foul spirit that's in this world. So be gone. And you put on that helmet of salvation and you strap it on tightly. And don't let those fiery darts that the devil is trying to throw at you uh, penetrate into your mind. Okay? Okay? That helmet is protecting your mind. It's protecting your thoughts. See, see, the devil knows that if he can control your mind, control your thoughts, that he can, can, can control you. Okay. So one of my sermons, I don't know, several, several weeks back was as, as you think in your heart, so you are. Okay, the, the, How you wind up thinking is what actions will wind up manifesting and carrying out in your life physically. Okay, the, As you think, so you are. Okay, So if you're thinking that you're defeated, then that's how you're going to feel. You're going to feel defeated. Okay, If you're thinking that the enemy has control over you, that's how you're going to feel and that's how you're going to act. You're, going to be, you're not going to be able to stand up straight and walk around like a, like, like a strong child of God, you know, knowing that you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, that Jesus Christ is with you, God the Father is with you, and God's host of angels is encamped around about you to keep you safe from harm, seen and unseen, according to the Word of God. You know those truths, amen, and that's how we should be standing. But if you're thinking, if you're thinking in your mind that you're defeated, then you're going to be walking around defeated. You're walking around with a long, drawn-out face, and you're going to be slapping around like that instead of standing strong and firm with your shoulders back and with a smile on your face, knowing that even if you are going into battle, knowing that God is leading you into battle. Jesus Christ is the commander-in-chief. He's taking you into battle, and you've got your armor. You're, you're fully clothed in your armor. 
Amen? Amen. And you're going to win that battle. You've got the helmet of salvation that's going to quench those fiery thoughts that the enemy is trying to put into your head. Amen? And, and trust me, he's there trying to put them in there. We must learn, we must learn to keep our helmets buckled, I say again, so that his fiery thoughts do not land in our thoughts and set us on fire. 2 Corinthians, in, in, in 2 Corinthians um, uh, 10 5, and you don't have to go there right now, you know, it says, casting down imagination, every high thing, we went there before, rather, casting down uh, imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. With that helmet of salvation, we can cancel those, those thoughts and defeat them with the word of God. Amen? Amen? Envision yourself having on that helmet of salvation right now. And as you're listening to this message, even your mind may, may stray for a second or two thinking about something that you're faced with, some meeting that you have to come up with, or some financial issue that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a sick the health thing that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a family issue that you're dealing with. And while you're listening to this very message, your mind's going to drift for a second or two over to what's going on in that particular instance, in that stronghold that has presented itself against you. That's a dart. That's a dart that the enemy is firing at you, okay? That's a fiery dart, okay? But you've got that helmet of salvation, and you're not going to let that fiery dart penetrate your mind because you're going to remember what the Word of God says, amen? Okay, okay? Yeah. The Word of God says that you're meant to be a victor, not vanquished, amen? Amen. You don't have fear, power, love, and a sound mind. By Jesus' stripes, you are healed, okay? Okay, all right, okay, all right. So, so, so you don't have to let those darts penetrate. They won't penetrate as long as you remember and believe by faith that you have that helmet of salvation tightly strapped on so that it cannot be knocked off or taken away. Amen? Now, in moving forward, there are several actions that a believer can take to keep this helmet fastened and functioning. Okay, and we're going to look at some of those things today. Amen? So with that, why don't we go to Romans 12. Romans 12, and we want to do Romans 12, verse number 1. Romans 12, verse number 1. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this. In other words, we don't think the way the world thinks. We don't think the way the world thinks. Just because people at work are thinking some negative thoughts, you don't think those negative thoughts. You have hope in Christ Jesus. You know what God has told you. If you've been in prayer that particular morning, let's say, and you go to the office and you're hearing all sorts of rumors and you're hearing this and that, now you know what God told you at prayer time. Okay? All right? All right? You don't conform to their thinking. You don't behave the way they, they, they think. You don't stand around the road, the, the, the uh, uh, water cooler, you know, just engaging in all sorts of, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, distasteful jokes, let's say. All right? Okay? You don't listen to that nonsense. You don't conform. You don't act like they act. Okay. You don't go to those wild drinking, binging, you know, Christmas parties where all sorts of pervert, virgin, you know, perversion uh, and things like that is, is going on in the place. You, you, don't, you don't conform to the world. Amen. Amen. We're a child of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
Amen. Amen. That's what we have to remember to do that. We can't wind up doing the way the way the guys next door do. The outcomes of the of those battles determine the course of our lives. Okay, the outcomes of those battles do, 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 uh, can determine the course of our lives. Romans 1 and 2 instructs us to renew our minds by allowing the truth of God to wipe out anything that's contrary to it. Okay? And we've, got a, we've got a truth of God that can counter and wipe out anything that may come against us in, in the world or that comes up by people, brought up, brought up by people that are in the world. Amen? We've got the word of God there to counter it. Okay? Old ideas from our lives, you know, opinions and worldviews must be replaced. Another thing that's so critical today is worldviews. Listen to the world views of what's happening in our lives. Listen to the world views about COVID. Listen to the world views about the economy and everything. Oh my gosh, you'll be wind up becoming a basket basket case. But we know what the Lord God says about about our future. Okay, okay. We, we 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 don't we don't place our 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 our, our futures uh, in the stock market. Okay. Okay, all right. And if you're in the stock market, well, you know, God, God bless you. I, I, God bless you. I hope you're getting some good advice, you know, from a Christian-based financial advisor and everything. You, you, you know, but, but personally, you got to be really, really careful and make sure you're guided by God because to me, that's very, very akin, akin to gambling. I mean, you know, it's not a sure thing. But we can put a sure thing in terms of our finances and things in God, okay? We can put, we can, we can put store up our, our treasures in, in heaven. Amen, amen, where, where, where it doesn't rot, where moth cannot eat, and so on like that. Okay, all right, all right. So, so we need to make sure that we're not going to, we don't let old ideas, opinions, and worldviews, you know, form our lives and so forth, okay? If you listen to worldviews, those opinions can greatly impact your life. You hear something on the news, you make sure you pray against it in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. And don't let that stuff seep into your ears and, and, and guide your actions and guide your thoughts and guide your beliefs, because you're a child of God. I don't care what the channel, what the uh, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, or 11 o'clock news says. Amen. Because there's nothing but doom and gloom. I'm not saying you don't listen to it. You need to listen to the news so you know how to pray and where to pray for this land and for this world, you know, as Jesus tarries. Okay? Okay. But you don't, you don't let world views form who you are. Amen. You need to base who you are in God. All right? We must allow God's truth to continually wash away the world's lies and the confusion from our minds and adopt God's perspective, you know. Sometimes after I hear the 11 o'clock news and on my way to bed, well, I really got to pray to wash my mind, you know, out from the things from the things that I've heard. With all the corruption and the lies and so forth, you don't know who to believe listening to the news, so you know who to believe. We know who to believe, and that's God. Amen. And God will give you insights, regardless of what you're hearing on the news. God will give you insights as to what's happening in, in, in the land, in your region, in this country, in the world. Amen. So we don't let our lives and our opinions be driven by, by worldviews. Okay. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. You know that scripture. That's Second Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Walk by faith and not by sight. I say again, we walk by faith and not by sight. Human beings are, are what we call sensory creatures. You know, we react to the things that are around us. You know, we have five senses, okay? And those five senses govern how we respond to things. Amen, amen. But we don't walk by sight, okay? And when the scripture says sight, that's not only just talking about the eyes. It's talking about what we experience through our senses. We don't walk by what our outside sense, what our senses are telling us, okay? From our environment, we don't, walk, we don't go by that. We walk by faith. 
We know what God says is going to happen. We know how God said he's going to bless you. So I don't care what is going on around you in your life. In your life, you don't look at that. You walk by faith. I don't care if you got a pink slip from the job. You walk by faith knowing that God is going to take care of you, knowing that for every single door that closes, God is going to open another one in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we walk by faith, not by sight. But again, like I said, we are very sensory uh, sensory, sensory people because our five senses um, uh, 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 inform us of our surroundings that are around us. Okay, but there's a greater, there's a, there's a greater surroundings that's greater than, than the physical world that we see, touch, touch, taste, smell, and hear. Okay, and that is the spirit realm, the realm of God. Okay, so regardless of what your senses are telling you, what you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell, or whatever, regardless of what's going on, there's a, a greater reality, that's that spiritual reality, which, which overrides which overrides the physical reality in which we tap into by the use of our five senses. So we don't, go, we don't let our lives go by what we're seeing and what we're hearing in the office, what we're hearing from other negative family members or, or the next door neighbor, you know, about the future of the economy or where things are going. Whichever way the economy goes, God's going to take care of you because you're his child. Amen. God's going to take care of you because you are his child. Amen. So you don't go by what you go by what the, the, the what your senses are telling you through what you're hearing or, or seeing. Amen. Amen. We we what we cannot understand with our five senses, we tend to disregard. Okay, including faith. Okay, all right. What we cannot understand with our five senses, we tend to disregard, including faith. Okay, just because you can't see, touch, smell, or hear it, you know, you some, sometimes just disregard it. It doesn't exist. Because you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't taste it, you can't feel it, and you can't hear it. So you tend, tend to disregard that it exists. Okay? You, you, if you, you have a cell phone, everybody has cell phones these days. These days. Can you see the, the, the communication wave that is traveling from your phone to the tower, to the cell tower, and back down from the cell tower to your phone, and then you hear the person is talking? Okay, you can't see those waves. Okay, you may not think about them even existing, but they do. Amen? So many times we do the same thing with faith. Because you can't grab faith in your hand and hold it and touch it. Because you can't, you can't smell faith. You certainly can't taste faith. You can't see it and you can't hear it. Amen. But it is real and exists. But sometimes we as Christians, we forget about faith and we disregard it. Because faith doesn't, uh, faith doesn't walk and manifest itself to us in a physical way that we can see, touch, taste, smell, or hear it. Amen. So sometimes we wind up, we wind up unknowingly uh, not accepting that faith is real. Okay, that it is very much a real thing. Okay, right? It's possible that, that, that if we allow them to, circumstances around us may convince us that God does not really love us or that God does not even exist or that the word of God is true. Okay, if we let us, if we, we're not careful. Circumstances around us, the things, the things that happen to you can make you sometimes doubt that God is there. The things that happen to you can sometimes make you doubt that God is there. Or that what the word of God is saying is indeed true. Okay, this is this this can this can happen, and we need to be aware of that so we can make sure we don't let ourselves fall into that into 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 that trap. Okay, of not believing that what God is saying just because we can't see, touch, taste, smell, or hear it doesn't doesn't conform to our quote unquote five senses. Okay, see, don't forget we have these five senses to help us navigate and get through the physical world. Okay, right. You put your, your hand on a hot stove there, hot uh, you know, oven stove, you're going to jump back from pain if you feel it. 
Okay, you see yourself walk about to walk off a cliff, you stop because you can see it. Okay, okay, and so that's to help us get around in the physical world. Okay, but don't forget now, we are citizens of two worlds. Okay, we live in a physical world because we have a physical body, but we also live in a spiritual realm because we are spirit. Okay, when I say that again, we have a physical body and we live in a physical world and we need these five senses to get us through safely through the physical world, but we also are, the real us is spirit. And we live in a spirit realm. We exist also in a spirit realm. Okay, okay. So while we may not at times understand what's happening with the physical side of us, or something negative is happening, remember that there's a spiritual realm which is greater than that physical realm. And Holy Spirit, which is in us, which is in you, amen, will guide you through whatever is going on. So therefore, the Spirit of God, God can override and overcome whatever is happening to you in the physical realm. That's important for you to understand. Okay, and, and in that in in that spiritual realm, of course, is the whole concept of faith. Is having that faith because faith is the thing where you have confidence in something that you cannot see, that you cannot hear, you cannot taste, smell, or or or, or, or feel. Okay, okay. We experience faith in our spirits when we are in deep prayer with God. That's where we experience faith, and you and it is through faith that you have that experience of God's of God's reality, of God's presence, as was in my previous sermon. Okay, okay. This is how we communicate and, and link in touch with God. Amen, 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 amen. So we have to remember that faith is in, indeed real. Okay, so we can't let circumstances dictate and convince us that God does not really love us or is not there or whatever. Don't let those things happening around you convince you and make you question whether or not God is there or question the reality of God's word. You have to maintain that faith that he is who he says he is and that he is going to do exactly what it is he said he's going to do for you. Okay, you got to have that faith. Okay, and also realize that it's impossible to have faith and doubt at the same time. Did you realize that? I say that again. It's impossible to have faith and doubt at the same time. Okay, either faith is going to come in and overcome that doubt, or doubt's going to come in and overcome that faith. Okay, no such thing as you having two of them coexisting in your spirit or in your mind or in your actions. Okay, either faith is going to come in and gobble up that doubt and totally eradicate it, or doubt's going to come in and eradicate your faith. And obviously, you know which way you want it to be. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You want that faith to come in and gobble up and eradicate that doubt. You don't want it in your mind, not at all times, but they can't exist. They can't coexist. God rewards our faith. With the helmet of salvation firmly in place, we can choose to believe what, it, what appears to be impossible. Okay? We can choose to believe what appears to be impossible. Go to Hebrews 6. Praise the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm sorry, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, and we want to do verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? So without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Okay? You got to come to God believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of him that diligently seek him. Do you believe that God is who he says he is? Do you believe that God is God? Do you, do you believe that God can bring you through whatever it is that you're going through right now? Okay? You want to please God, have faith in him. You want to please God, believe that he exists and that he can indeed bring you through whatever it is that you're wrestling with right now. Believe it deep within your spirit. Okay? Remember I said doubt and faith can occupy the same space. Okay? Don't let that doubt override your faith. Let your faith override that doubt. You got to believe that he is indeed who he says he is. Amen. Amen. We, we, we find all of our hope in him. Psalm 73 verse 20, 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? Besides you, I desire nothing on earth. We get to the point that we desire nothing else on earth but God. You will come a long way in being so victorious in the things that come across your, your path. Amen. Believe that he is who he says that he is. And believe, believe, believe that, 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 that you have him on your side. Okay? Believe him. Believe that you have him on our side. On your side. Amen. Whom have I in heaven but you. Besides you, I desire nothing else on earth. Okay? Our helmet, getting back to the helmet, our helmet is most effective when we treasure what it represents. Okay? It represents our salvation. It represents Jesus Christ. The salvation that Jesus purchased for us cannot share the place of the importance in our hearts with earthly things. Okay? You've got to value that salvation that Jesus Christ gave you. That is more important than all of the bank accounts in the world, all of the houses, cars, you know, beautiful vacations, or whatever it is that goes through your mind. You know, you know, that is the far most valuable thing that you have is Jesus' salvation because that has to do with your eternal life. It has to do with your eternal life. Amen. Amen. When, when pleasing the Lord is our supreme delight, then we eliminate many of Satan's lures and renders his evil suggestions powerless. Okay? When we believe that God is who he says he is and that all we want to do is to please him, you know, then that, that, that calls null and void, null and void many of the fiery darts that he would, Satan would try to throw at you. As we wear the helmet of salvation every day, our minds become more insulated against the suggestions, the desires, and the traps that the enemy lays for you. Amen? We choose to guard our minds from excessive worldly influence and instead think on things that honor Christ. Amen? Let's go real quickly in closing here to Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are, uh, are, are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So these are the things that we should be spending our time thinking on. Those things that are lovely, those things that are pure, these are heavenly things, thoughts of God, thoughts of Jesus. Can you imagine what it was like when Jesus walked the earth, when he was preaching and communicating with people? You think about God the Father, how he just sits on his throne, and how he just, he, he just, he just uh, uh, manages the entire cosmos, the entire universe. Think on the things that are pure and lovely. Don't dwell on those thoughts of evil. Don't let those fiery thoughts penetrate your helmet of salvation to make you think on other things. We need to manage our thinking. We need to manage our thinking. Amen? Amen? We need to, to, to remember that Isaiah 26, verse number 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Amen? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts thee. Amen? Amen? So, so if we keep our minds on God, he will keep us in perfect peace. 
Don't let those darts make your, your mind and your thoughts drift someplace else. Amen. Keep your mind, your mind focused on God, and we will indeed find peace. Okay? And in doing so, we wear our salvation as a protective helmet that will, will, uh, will give us that will give us the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Okay? Once you have the peace of God, it passes all understanding. In other words, you, you, you may not be able to figure, Jesus, why am I feeling so peaceful when all of this is going on, when all of this is happening in my life right now? How is it that I can find such peace? Because you're focusing on God, and God is giving you that peace. Because you know that you know that you know that God is with you, and that he will bring you through whatever it is that you're wrestling with, whatever stronghold you're trying to take, tear down, God will indeed bring you through it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God, it says again, that uh, uh, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4, 7. Amen, amen. So praise God. Remember, in going forward here, in closing, keep on that helmet of salvation. Think about it, okay? Put it on when you're praying, and especially if you have a particular stronghold that's, that's uh, in your life, something you're trying to stay, uh, tear down. You know, you're going into a job interview or someone in the family, a sickness that you're dealing with, whatever it is, put on that helmet of salvation so that the enemy cannot fire those uh, darts, those fiery darts to, to, to mess with your thoughts and to change your thinking and to change your mind, okay? And continue going forward knowing that Jesus is, of course, Lord, okay? And he is there for you and the Holy Spirit is in you and God is all around you. I pray this message has been a blessing to you and if it has, please pass on the link so others can join us here. It's www.genesis1.sermon.net. It's Genesis 1, one word, genesis1.sermon.net. And when you get there, look up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a subscribe button. Press that subscribe button and you'll be automatically subscribed to uh, get these, be notified when these uh, messages come out. Okay? Praise God, praise God. Go forth and be blessed and now let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you in the name of Jesus. We pray that as we go through the balance of day or night or week that's ahead of us, O Lord God, that we shall remember these words, O Lord God, and keep our helmets of salvation on, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We praise you. We magnify thy most glorious name. Help us to have supernatural faith and trust in you. Guide our thoughts and our actions every single moment of the day, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. I praise you, Heavenly Father. I glorify thy name. I give it all to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God. Go forth, again I say, go forth and be blessed in the name of Jesus. And praise God, go forth remembering that Jesus is Lord.